I wrote a song called uh, if you haven't been there and back, shut the fuck up. <laughs> well, you know what? And, and you sent it to all your family members or no? <laughs> That's the name of the song. But it basically is just like, yeah. you know, I, I'm done taking advice from people that have, haven't yeah. done what yeah. I'm doing. Well, tell me when you guys are ready. I'm ready. Ready. Rock and roll. Okay. Welcome back to another episode of the Second Wind Podcast. I'm trying not to say it loud. Second Wind. Where we talk about everything from basketball to alcohol. We are Dave, Eric, Dan, John, and the sexy and talented and beautiful Bobby Choi. And I've said it before, more sexy than talented. Yeah, uh, I feel like you put a lot of emphasis. I mean, it's close. On, I feel like you put a lot of emphasis on all the other amazing yeah. traits that Bobby has, but not enough on sexy. Yeah, that's true. Okay, yeah. obviously he's talented. Oh, sexy, well, sexy. Talented. Well, his sexy ass has his moving at the number two spot in Ava right Ooh. now. Ooh, congratulations, yeah. congratulations! Yes. Yes. Music and reality. Yep. Shoot it with the hot fire. So how's everyone? What's up? Doing pretty good. We are good. We are good. We're back here recording live. It's all good. Yeah. No. It's been a good yeah, week, man. Be in the studio. The NBA started. And we have uh, a little new little position. Yeah. Is this, you know, and John, you're an expert at switching positions. Uh, do you think that this is how we're going to keep it or just keep changing it to keep it things interesting? What do you think? I like changing things around. I like variety. Yeah. All right. <laughs> variety is, you know. I like the variety. Not, the variety is the spice Variety is good. Uh-huh. Especially when I was younger. <laughs> You don't want the bliss to come too soon. Mm. Mm. So you have to change. Exactly. Okay. Wow. Wow. <laughs> um, so have you guys been watching the, the NBA? Because I, I watched uh, yesterday. I was I was really interested in uh, Cole Anthony because uh, Greg Anthony is our sunbay from our, our uni- he uh, went to University of Portland before he went to UNLV. Oh, wow. Briefly, idea. briefly. And so and we also we also liked him just from back in the Rain Rebel days. And so I was impressed with Cole Anthony, but all the hype's on LaMelo Ball. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of disappointed yesterday, but I, I guess he, he... They both scored like 18, right, when they had their little matchup, right? Yesterday, Cole Anthony had like 19 and LaMelo had like four. He was terrible. Uh, okay. He was, was god-awful god That's yesterday. what they were saying. They were saying his ceiling's the penthouse, but his, 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 his he low was, was like the, below yesterday. the basement. He didn't shoot well. Like today, either he was seven for seventeen today. Uh, so do you, is he gonna need to fix that little like low hanging jumper? Why what do they all um, shoot bad? all the balls? All the balls have like no. I think like the the um, the middle one. Actually the middle has one has a, a good pretty form. decent jump shot. He yeah. just can't play basketball. But he's just <laughs> for something wrong. The other the other guys, I think their basketball IQ is higher. Like mm-hmm. they look like they actually know basketball. Like they can pass. They see the game. They're more creative. They have more potential. And I think like the middle one is probably the least athletic. No, but if he, I feel like if he keeps working on his shot and getting better, he can just like be a Seth Curry or a I JJ mean, Redick. I mean, you look at like Lonzo Ball; yeah. his, his jump shots come a long way, and obviously yeah. his confidence is like following. Yeah. He looks like he's shooting the ball like he did when he was in college. I mean, jump shooting and like form stuff, stuff you can fix. You can't fix your athleticism or your height or. Well, wait, wait, wait. you're talking about who could be like Seth Curry or the middle, the middle, the Angelo Ball. Oh, the one that just, he got cut from the Pistons. Yeah, I haven't watched him play, yeah. so I can't yeah. really. I mean, he's. I think he's. From what I've seen in workouts and stuff, he looks like pretty average. Yeah. He doesn't look like an NBA guy. He looks like maybe he could play overseas. Maybe at LA Fitness. Maybe I'd pick him up. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think, no, no, I think he's his just... Shots, I, I feel like his shot's really good. His, shot, his shot's good, but now we're at the NBA, so yeah, really yeah, yeah. good. It's it's hard to say really good. Well, yeah, it's really good for the high school videos that we and saw. Also, and well, also you're, when you are when you become a volume shooter. Yeah. Like, also, yeah. I mean, you're comparing it to his brothers. Yeah. Then, yeah, his jump shot looks perfect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, but like compared to like... 
good NBA shooters or good yeah. shooters, like compared to like JJ Redick shot or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Not, it's not in the same like class. And you realize like like if they those guys have to keep shooting like day in and day out, like six, seven, eight shots a day, let's say JJ Redick or whatever, mm-hmm. right? And they're all threes. And, you know, at, at the end of a season, that's a several hundred shots. And to have a 40%, you know, a percentage at the end of that, yeah. that's actually, that's what's crazy. I will say this, though. The NBA these days, you can't just make it if all you can do is shoot. Like back in the day, you had Craig Hodges specialist. Now it's like the centers can shoot. Anthony Davis shoots a great percentage. He shoots, only- you know, everyone's shooting threes now. So to make it just as a small shooter and that's all you do. There's no Steve Kerr's. I mean, J.J. Reddick's like very much the exception to the rule. Most of the guys can do a whole bunch of stuff and shoot. So I think that I think you hit it on the head right there. You can't be a small shooter. If yeah. you're seven foot three mm. and all you can do is shoot, you have a, you have a chance to make it because of your height and everything. Right? Yeah, but you can't just be an average sized guy who can shoot anymore. It's funny how they don't talk about like the bigs, uh, the, his ability to post up and stuff. Mm-hmm. They don't talk about that uh-uh. anymore. That position doesn't yeah, exist. No, that's why it's yeah. so funny how a long time ago, a whole team used to be built around a center, a center. that can yeah. post up. It and wasn't that, that long ago. It, it, yeah, it wasn't. Even <laughs> Tim Duncan. Years ago. Yeah. Even, even in the early yeah. 2000s, it was yeah. like that. Yeah. But then you look at like guys in the league now that are holdovers from that era. You have like an Andre Drummond, a Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard, yeah. And like, if they can't, like, you see Andre Drummond's trying to, like, extend his range and shoot now, too. Yeah. Even JaVale McGee, like, these guys that, like, were typically back the basket, like, that's all they could do. Yeah. They don't really have a place in the league anymore. Even Blake Griffin, I mean, he wasn't a post-up player, but, you know, you can see him shooting a lot more threes now. Well, he's almost like a point to, guard now. Like, he, yeah, he, 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 he runs the team. He gets, like, like, close to 10 assists a game. Like, well, I think when he was with the Clippers, I think that he was... What he could actually do as far as what was in his bag, when in his skill set, I don't think he was able to show all that because he had Chris Paul. You don't need to bring the ball, but you have Chris yeah. Paul. But like yeah. in Detroit, like he can do more and he can actually show because I think he's like a really like skilled but, player. But now he's at Phoenix. Paul, Wait. Paul, right? Oh, Paul, no, Paul. Chris Blake. Paul's at Phoenix. No, Blake, Blake, Blake got traded. Blake's in no, 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 no. In Chris Paul's in Phoenix. Blake Griffin's Wait, in, in then Detroit. Then that's a rumor. I or think he's gonna. He might go to Phoenix. No, they would never send Blake to Phoenix because Chris Paul and Blake Griffin do not get along. Or they don't like. Yeah, I hadn't heard that one. Oh, let me see. But I don't know. There, there's so much stuff going on. I wouldn't be surprised. Like nothing know, surprised me these days. Burying the hatchet. I mean, you saw Kyrie like hugging with all his old teammates uh-huh. they didn't like for Kyrie's for so long. A fucking idiot, man. That guy's a I don't, basketball I like... savant. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just everything outside of the basketball court. I think he's an idiot. Okay, real quick. Just answer this quick. Ready? Your finals. Who's going to play in the finals and who's going to win? Go. Finals. I think it's L.A. L.A. Milwaukee. Lakers. Brooklyn. Lakers are going to win. Wow, you think Milwaukee's going to make it? I go I go Miami and Lakers, and I think... Mm, oh, you want a rematch? And I think the Lakers are going to win, but I think it's going to be better. Oh, you got a rematch? Yeah, bro. I think the Lakers are better, but I, I think Miami could upset. What about you, Dave? Um, Lakers, if Harden goes to Toronto or Boston, I'd say one of those two guys... Being a final. Who wins though? So Lakers, Boston, or Lakers, yeah, Toronto? Toronto? Yeah. Okay, and who wins it? Who wins it? Lakers. Yeah. Lakers. So mm. Lakers gonna. Lakers are just—they got so much better. Well, we, you know, also they lost leadership. I don't know. I feel like they've really added some key spots. Yeah, I, I think they got better. Marcus All. I think it's, I think it's Milwaukee's year, man. I think I think Milwaukee's gonna pull through. I think they're. I think Giannis the and they, they figured it out. If they see the Lakers in the finals, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna like officially take over, and I think this will be. I'm hurt. He took my Am I the only one hurt. who thinks the Lakers got worse? It seems I think like they got better. You think they got better? You think they got better? Think they got better. E, what do you think? I don't know. It's kind of tough, right? It's kind of tough to say yeah. because, like, 
they had like it's like they had a good team. They tried to upgrade. I think it might just like they just were trying to mess with the sauce. And not only personnel, not only personnel, but like ads. I I feel like ads going to be even better. Yeah. If he if he stays uh, if he stays healthy. Uh, Yeah, I think that's the whole thing. It's like the bubble was a short like condensed thing where like in a in a short amount of time they could do it. But ad, I think I think he's just I don't know. Now, okay, where's that? Where's that? Hey, oh, yeah. Like, like, like if, if if AD gets hurt though, because he'll be here like twenty games or something like that, probably, most likely. Yeah. Marcus Alcum filled those shoes pretty pretty nicely. All right, let's move on. Right. Oh, oh man, nice timing on the buzzer. Yeah, that was a good job. Good buzzer. <laughs> what are we Maybe moving that's on his to? Full time job. Hey, you know what? Let's go back to let's let's do some personal stories. Was there ever a time? When you guys, something happened or whatever happened when you wanted to quit basketball, when you wanted to quit acting or when you wanted to just oh, quit and give up. Wow. And tell me about that situation because, yeah. Dave, well, you look like you got something. You, uh, said, me? you said, wow. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. I mean, when I was, when I was 39, it was sort of like. Was that the breaking point? It was, you know, it's pre-40. I had some luck in acting mid 20s to 32 but for eight years seven eight years really just 10 years of just grinding not making any money just barely getting by um bartending here um here and there well actually for one year i bartended this was in la right yeah but then before that just not and then it's like you're getting pressure from not so much my family i guess i was getting my mom was supporting she's like you can do it my dad was like what are you gonna do um, a girlfriend of mine at the time was like, well, what, you know, what are you going to do? And she was like, why don't you start, you like making furniture and stuff. And I was like, you know how much somebody makes furniture makes? I mean, like, what am I going to do? I, I don't have any background in anything else to do. I was like, you can't, you're 39 years old. You've pretty much worked in front of the camera for whatever. And then you, you know, you find yourself like, fuck, what am I going to do? <laughs> so why, why, why did you decide to? That's when, so. So I lost that girlfriend. <laughs> so it was the girlfriend. Yeah, I was like, that was I, I had to say no, no to that. Good thing you kicked her to the curb. <laughs> okay. I mean, but then it's like. So it was more pressure from the outside, not like more what you wanted to do. Well, you yeah, got pressure from the outside, and then people are saying, "Well, how long are you going to do this for?" And then yeah. there's pressure on the inside because now you're like, you're feeling like the choices that you made mm. leading up to this point, mm. you know, the only point this way, right? right? Uh-huh. So they're like, what you know? What am I gonna do? And I'm like, okay, well, maybe not a couple of years, you know. Mm. And I'll try to figure something out. So I went. I actually went um, a few years before that. I was feeling the pressure, so I decided, okay, if I really like this in front of the camera stuff, let me go behind the camera and figure if I like the business. Do I like the business? So mm. I produced something called Broke as a Joke. Mm. That made me broke. Yeah. <laughs> it actually did make me broke. At 37, I sold my you sold the blazer. Car, right? I sold yeah. my blazer to make that Broke as a Joke, and that was just. But it was a great opportunity because at the end of the day, Shit. at the end of the day, um, that 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 show broke as a joke. Ended up in the short film festival, Asiana Short Film Film Festival here in Seoul. They flew me and the director up for free, put us up as I was here to show that web series that we turned into. It was a TV pilot turned web series turned short film mm-hmm. <laughs> that we put, came over here, and then that. I was here and I thought, oh, let me just call Jung Taewon Tepinem from like we back. Taewon Entertainment. Taewon yeah. Entertainment because yeah. we worked together and like uh, whatever, a few couple years ago on Iris One. Mm-hmm. He gave me a, a shot to play a guest star role for three episodes. 
And he's like, oh, David, you here? I said, yeah. And then um, he said, okay, let me call you back. He calls me back. He says, listen, Henny dropped out. There's a role here for the lead bad guy in Iris 2. Why don't you come on and let's have a talk? And then that changed my life right there. Then I started working. I got my first character. I did 12 or 13 episodes. First character arc. So at this point, from 22 years old to 39 to 17 years, I got my first break. Like as far as like. Like like a a, a significant, a a meaty character. Other than the very first role I got, which was a huge break. Mm -hmm. Between that has been just bullshit. Mm -hmm. But good bullshit, you know? And then. So I stayed in the game. I'm still somehow in the game too now. It's up and down. Like you're only as good as your last job. And and then, you know, people forget about you after a year. So it's like, it's always up and down. Mm. So that's my thing. 39 years old. For sure. What about you guys? Has there been a time when you wanted to quit? I think I think anytime you have these unconventional jobs that it's very contract. <laughs> it's not like it, there's no pension involved. There's no, yeah. you know, you work you, like... Where we're from in Seattle, everyone goes to Boeing. You work at Boeing, you get your pension at 60, and then you, you're good, and you have stability, right? Anytime you're in these jobs like professional sports, acting, music, all these things, you're always under the gun. I think Eric's had way more ups and downs than I did. I I was basically, I played basketball to get a scholarship, to, to go to college to get a job at Boeing, right? So, because, oh um, you know, how was I going to pay for college? And then... Um, yeah, there were times when I wanted to quit then. And then when I came to Korea, um, I really was unhappy with the whole system of playing in this very uh, basketball factory where there's not a lot of freedom and stuff. And so I wanted to quit. But then, then you know, I kept getting better. You know, you just get better over time. And then the contracts kept getting better. And so it was like I, I finally was able to quit uh, on my own terms. You know, I still had time left on my contract, um, you know, finally when it, it just seemed to make sense but yeah i wanted to mm. quit like a lot i think eric coming to korea if eric wouldn't have came to korea you think you would have gone i would i would have quit i would have gone back and just had you know gone and worked at a bank or something mm. so probably so, right, right. so you you kept them here awesome no i mean like honestly like you know we kind of had this idea to go and play just kind of see what it, what it would what it would do you know we got college paid for which was the big thing you know because we didn't have a way to go to college so we we're like well we like basketball pretty good at it we can probably get you know like i always had a dream i wanted to play pro but it just seemed so far away i remember one like my first idea was like oh, i'm gonna go to college i'll play about a year then i'll declare early for the nba draft that was like what i actually thought you know <laughs> and just then, like that that easy you know, i was like i was like yeah of course i mean everyone does it right yeah. you just play and then they see you and all of a sudden you're a lottery pick and then you're yeah. making millions driving around in bentley's mm. i was like that is my path mm. you know then you get to college and i redshirted you know and then it was just a rude awakening. I was like, wow, this is not what... There's other good like, basketball players. I was like, wait, you mean there's other guys that can play basketball better than me? They're taller, that are going to different schools that are more famous than the one I'm going to? Yeah. And I, was, I didn't think. I was like, how many players came, yeah. like, went pro at the University of Portland? Like, nobody, <laughs> you know? But, like, like this shit I didn't understand, you know? So I was Greg thinking Anthony. I'm going to go pro. And then, yeah, Greg Anthony. Uh, you know, and then I got injured, and that was tough. And now like, coming back, and then... You know, going through like the the minor leagues of of basketball, just grind out, making a five hundred dollar check here, getting a five hundred dollar check, and having it bounce. You know, playing the D league where you're not making shit. You know, like going all over. It's like it's constantly right in front of you. You're literally one decision because any day you could hang it up. But then you're like, let me play one more tournament. You know, you keep on playing, keep on playing, keep on playing, and then eventually, like, 
you know, I'm playing around my checking accounts in the in the red. I don't got like money. So, at what, all. What, what, so the breakdown. If you were the that time, what, what year was that? Um, so would you say that that was your breakdown? No, break honestly, time, break honestly, like time? I got mm. I got a big break when I played um, for the like the Globetrotters. I got a big break when I played for them. You so know? that was the, that was huge. Yeah, I mean it was huge because it was like one of the first times I actually made money playing basketball. Massive. You know, because I, I was. Like when I went pro, quote unquote, you know, I was making about three thousand dollars a month, and I thought I was a millionaire. Were you the first Asian player to play in the Harlem Globetrotters? No, there was okay. a Chinese guy that came before me. Okay, mm-hmm. but I was the first Korean. Oh, was he? Well, I thought he was Mongolian. He was Chinese. Uh, yeah. I mean, he he was like super tall guy. Super tall, Meng Batir. He he played. Uh, uh, uh yeah. He, but yeah, like, are we gonna quit or, anytime? I'm sorry. At that time, it was it was like this. Like, I had injuries. You know, I, I broke my foot and everything. And then, at, honestly, I was at home and I'm looking at this. And you know, me and my brother were talking a lot about this. And I was like, man, like, it's been good. You know, I've saw I've seen a lot of the world. But I'm looking at the situation where my roommate from college was now a fireman, right? And he okay. was like, yo, and he was a baller. Peers. That's when you start yeah. seeing your peers. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. I was right. home. You know, recovering from like row. surgery and stuff. And like, I was like. Man, you know what? Like, he was like, yo, being a fireman is just like being a ball player, man. You got your team, you hang out, you play video games. Work out all day. Work out all day. I was like, that don't sound bad. Mm-hmm. And then you basically work six days a month, you know? Yeah. So I was like, man, that sounds all right. And he was loving it, you know? And I was like, while I was doing my rehab, like, I started testing to become a fireman. And so, like, I did all the testing, uh-huh. and I was ready, and I was, like, ready to give up basketball. And, and I was, like, going down that path. And then right when I was getting ready to go, I got a call from Korea. And then Dan was over there and everything like that. And we were trying to like figure out how I could, you know, do what he did because he came before and got naturalized and came over here. Mm. But it wasn't easy. It was really, really difficult for him. And it wasn't going to be easier, you know, because we didn't really know the process. Right. So I was like, well, I mean, I got this guaranteed thing. I basically become a fireman, you know, or I could go and take this job. And they called me to come to Korea. And then if it doesn't work out, you can be a fireman. Or yeah, I figured. Yeah. So I was like, I'll take this chance. And I came so that, over here. And that was like 2004. 2007 so that was your and your point when you decided that i mean my breaking point yeah i, I would say like three or four years into korea and and that's when mm. you know eric came and my life just got so much better uh i think it was probably like 2009 or something like Nine. that yeah it was like right before i came and then like basically like because dan was here and then people had kind of heard about me like i came as a replacement that year you know and i wasn't it, it was like like a long shot because you were an import, Korea. right? Replacement I was, I was import? An import okay. at that time, you know. But like, if I wouldn't got that opportunity to come to Korea, and like that was a lot of part because Dan was already there, mm. you know, they were already like he was making news by being the first half Korean player to be in the league and all this stuff. Mm. Amazing. And like, so because of that, like it drew some attention to me because I wasn't like a, a name. I wasn't really like good. I didn't have a resume. where like, oh, this guy's been killing the Euroleague, or he's got an NBA. Like nothing, you know. Right. So like, I was a no name guy. But so it sounds sounds like the common denominator here is like resilience, opportunity. It's like opportunity, right? Plus, plus opportunity equals, right? Like yours too, especially. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So it's yeah. You gotta like. I mean, it's it's a tough thing. Like like you were saying, it's like in this job where like you don't know where the next contract is gonna come. Because I remember there were a lot of summers just sitting back calling agents. Hey man, it's getting late. What's up? You heard anything? Hey, a couple more. Like we're saying your tapes out. We're talking this, and you hear a lot of, of just shit. You know, I don't know how many agents I went through. You couldn't fucking trust any of them, you know? And then the ones that were good, that had good clients, like, they spent all the time with the good clients, you know? Yeah. So, like, 
you know, I'm sitting at home, all my friends are leaving to go back overseas. You know, they're getting good jobs. And, and then, like at the end of it, you get a call and you're like, Hey, I got a, I got a team in Brazil that'll pay you two grand a month. I'm like, dude, I'll take it, whatever, you know? Uh-huh. So you, so you call on anybody anywhere to get you That's any job. That's hustle right you know? there. That is hustling. So you know, you going overseas and like you're playing pro, but then everyone thinks that you're like, you know, everyone thinks that you're like making a million dollars like LeBron James, but you're playing pro and you're basically making less than you would be if you were greeting at Walmart. <laughs> you, know? you know, it's crazy. Like the, the movie, the wrestler, I feel like we could, just we could parallel that with like yeah, basketball players because sure. all you have is like your mind your body and yeah. you have to keep that yeah. healthy and in tune yeah. and you can't miss yeah. any time to make the bread yeah. it's amazing what about yeah. you what about you bobby tell me about a time when you wanted to give up uh, maybe like two three times a week yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's keep it real I can yeah. yeah but but give, give me a specific time let's say one of the big ones in your life the biggest, probably like smack in the middle of uh, editing my film. Oh, wow. So talk, let's talk about that. Yeah. Uh, Music and reality. Yeah. Check it out in the theaters. Probably because I, I didn't know what I was doing. And I don't know what brought me to this place. I'm not a edit, film editor. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not a, in film, you know. So, but I had so much on the line. Like yeah. I had my family's investment. I took time off making music, mm. which was my first passion. And I was just like, what the hell am I doing? This, I don't, this is going to seem like a dead end for me. And uh, that's when my health completely deteriorated. I got gout. Mm. I got like, I was depressed. And how long was this editing process? About a year. Wow. And of you sitting there in, in the room I editing yourself, right? Edit. I yeah. had to watch every wow. single YouTube video on editing. YouTube University. Now you're like a master. Why to you? I couldn't sleep. Uh, like I, I would be at the, I would be editing for like 20 hours a day, and then I oh would, my God. I would, uh, I couldn't sleep even though I was exhausted. So I used to down mm. bottles of soju, and <laughs> then, um, it was the only way I could. That's why I eventually got gout because I just like everything accelerated in terms of, uh, I don't know, like genes my mom has gout like so i guess it was just eventually going to come so i just so what kept you going during those times i finally got through it you know how how did you get through it i have a lot of friends that are Mm. in Mm. in filmmaking yeah so i had to lean on them like i had to send them every it was painstaking i had to send them every single draft it people got really annoyed with me actually they're just like you know and so but I mean, that was hard, but I got through it and finally finished it. Then uh, that was like three years ago. And I've been still writing that kind of like question mark is so, has always been there until, you know, this week. It, my movie's coming out in theaters in Korea, like yeah. nationwide. It's like, That's huge. That's huge. Where, yeah, where's go the check line? it out. And it yes. was on that TV show. It was something Yoang, right? Yeah, Yoang uh, or something. Something. Chulbai. Chulbai Yoang something. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. A really old school. Like a lot of people show. watch that. So, yeah. Yeah. so let, me, let me ask you this then, because like I know that from my experience, because there are these like, I mean, literally every day when you're looking at your bank account and you're looking at the situation in front of you, you're just like, man, maybe this doesn't make sense. And you, like those thoughts are always there, right? And whether or not you're like, you know what, I'm going to make that. I'm going to go this other way and just kind of like poogie all this stuff. There's always someone that's going to kind of like be like, nah, man, you're doing the right thing, man. And like that support, like even if it's one voice, like for me, it was always like my brother, like my brother was always like, yo, like 
you know, like just, you know, tried like, you know, go a little bit more. Like when I got hurt in college, you know, and I was having problems, I was drinking all the time. He was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And he like pulled me out of it and like put me back on like the right path, you know? Yeah. Like, was there like a voice that was just like constantly like supportive? Because you need that when you're going through shit like this, you know? Sure. I mean, like it's family and stuff, but like uh, every little thing, like I started to kind of uh, think that maybe the universe has kind of got my back. I remember seeing this thing on, um, it's like a 30 second like commercial for Martin Scorsese on Masterclass. Mm-hmm. And he says something about like, when you're editing your film, if you don't completely doubt yourself and think you're basically a piece of shit, you're not, you're not doing the right thing. <laughs> or something like that. And it just made, at the moment, <laughs> yes, that's, that's a, tough love, man. You, I am a piece of shit. This yes. guy, Martin Scorsese, has some sort of like, you know, he this guy makes amazing films. Yeah. You know? But that's all right. the advice he's putting out, right? Decent. Like, well, this guy is not complaining and can get through, you know, the same thing like he just pointed out that I'm mm. going through. Maybe, uh, maybe I'm not special. Maybe I gotta like stick with it and go, go through. Yeah, you know, I got a lot of people like that in my life actually. Mm. So follow up question: Did you watch the master class or did you just watch the ad? I just. Uh, <laughs> mm. <laughs> I think I've seen that masterclass, right? I think I've seen Scorsese's. Thanks to Dave, I I've watched seen, that. Yeah, I've seen Scorsese's masterclass. That? It's good. It's I good. use Dave's account for masterclass. I think I think like the the family thing is really is really a tricky thing because when I first came out to Korea, I think my dad and my mom weren't really happy, like too okay. big on it. Eric was like, "Go, man, go, quit your job, just go, be be free." And then uh, I was like, okay. And then I came out here and then it was like a struggle, right? And then oh, my Korean family were like, go home. We all want to go to America. What the fuck are you doing in Korea? And then, um, yeah. so I think Eric, like, you know, and I, and I know like your mom is super supportive of your career. I, I mean, I've heard a lot of stories that you've told me as well. And I think the family is kind of an interesting because family, they, <laughs> no matter if they tell you to do it or not do it, they want you, they have your best interests at heart. So my dad was probably like, uh, giving up your American citizenship. Like, I don't know. Like, you know, he was probably worried about that. Super and Eric's like, why not go? And then, then it just depends. You have to filter in what voice do you listen to? Right. And so I think definitely when I was younger, I was listening to Eric. Eric's like, yeah, I think you can fly, jump off the roof. And I was like, I don't know. He's like, just go. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and like, and I think, you just choose which, and you know, and then they have the cautionist, the cautionary family member, and and so I think, I think that's really interesting because you know the family, they all want you, they all want what's best for you in their, but whatever they think is best for you might be different depending on which family member. Yeah, yeah. Really definitely, like, especially if they don't know anything about the industry that you're in. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like for, sure. for me, it's just my brothers don't know shit about like entertainment, and yeah. especially my parents. So it's like every advice, yeah, it's great, but it's like I couldn't really listen to yeah. anything that they said. Right. So I was just like, uh, right. sorry, man, I just got to do this on my own. It reminds me, after, after all of this, like, there, at some point during this whole, this whole uh, uh, journey, I wrote a song called, uh, If You Haven't Been There and Back, Shut the Fuck Up. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> and and you send it that to all your family members or not? <laughs> That's the name of the song, but it basically is just like, yeah. you know, I, I'm done taking advice from people that have, haven't yeah. done what, yeah. I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it's really important to get advice from from people you can who've been through a struggle exactly that's similar. Know exactly what you're going through. One hundred percent, absolutely, man. Yeah. I remember our next door neighbor at that like 
our next neighbor, we grew up there. Like they're basically like a second mother and father to us when we were younger because our parents were working and you know, my mom would make us food. She's from Hawaii. Like great, great family. Love you, the Ambrosias. The Ambrosias. I remember Mr. D told us one time we were, we'd come back from overseas and you know, I had like made 500 bucks in my pocket. He was like, I don't understand what you guys are doing. <laughs> like he, he was like, I worked for wages my whole life. You know, he's like, I understand that. I want to be supportive because I love you guys. But he's like, I don't understand what you guys are doing. But he's like, if you guys are happy, then I'm good. But he's like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, like, and it was like nice because like it was probably the most honest. Like you know, no, there's a there's a Korean quote. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about it. Okay, okay. Yeah, there's a Korean quote that I just thought of. It says, "수많은 꿈이 꺾인다 현실의 벽이 아니라 주변의 충고 때문에." Right. So a lot of dreams are broken not because of the reality, the the wall of reality that's in front of you. But because of the people around you who warn you or who advise you, advise, you, advice yeah. of the people around you, yeah. right? So, I don't know. I think I guess for me, it's all about. Do there been? Yeah, yeah. I, I can totally relate to the two, two or three times a week. Yeah, I always, I always think about quitting, or I always, but I always had this internal kind of north star because I've always. It's I didn't. I really didn't have anyone around me. None of my family members. None of my friends. Like to give an example of like when I look at my friends or even my brothers. They're all super successful in all the other things they do. I have a chat room with my UCLA friends. One's a, 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 a partner at a law firm. One's an orthopedic surgeon. One's a brain surgeon. These are my friends in my, like a chat room that we whatever have. They're all like crazy in that normal way. Mm-hmm. And I'm the weird artist, right? So I've always had to just kind of just shut the fuck up and like shut them out and then just kind of internally. But there's this one quick. So, oh yeah, yeah. First, I'll start with the story. I guess one of the biggest times was uh, when I was 22. Mm-hmm. It was uh, when I was at my second college, when I was at UCLA. I kept trying to get into the film school at UCLA, but I, I, I just couldn't get in. I, I, I got rejected. And um, the second time, I think it was early January, maybe in 2001. I think it was 2001, early January. I went to the ATM to pull out 20 bucks and I didn't have, to, and I didn't have 20 bucks. So I sat on the curb. I might've cried. But that was one of my lowest points. And I was like, fuck, the fuck am I going to do? You had $17.88 because you had to pull out at least 20. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was somewhere, but it wasn't 20. No, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. So it might have been in the red, though. But I was sitting there. What the hell am I going to do? For me, it was that one time, like, for me, a lot of times it's been like prayer or whatever it is, right? But that that was the one time when I just said, okay, what am I going to do? Am I going to quit? Am I going to whatever, right? But there was this peace, though. And, um... For me, it was after I prayed, there was this ah, slight peace. And that was the time when I, uh, what do you call it? I applied to film school at SC. And um, after that, it, there, there were little things, little just morsels, little things that kind of kept me in. But it's always been those little things that kept me, okay, I guess I am doing the right thing. It's just kind of just take that little next thing instead of getting one big fucking chunk of bread. It's always been, hey, here you go. Here you go, motherfucker. Here, here. Keep, keep <laughs> you on the, the IV drip, man. Yeah, it is an IV drip, but it's, it's always that. But this reminds me of a question, right? Because I was listening to this girl, Brene Brown, and there's two questions that she asked. That's, the second one is extremely pertinent to, I guess, what we're talking about. The first one is, if you knew you couldn't uh, fail, what would you do? Right. If you couldn't fail, what would you do? That's the kind of pretty standard one, right? Jump off a cliff. <laughs> okay. But, but yeah. But, it, you know, whatever career it is, if you knew you couldn't fail, what would you do? And the second one, though, is what totally like, oh, my God, I heard this recently. What's worth doing even though you fail? So even if you knew you were going to fail, what's worth doing? 
right? And so when I think back, I'll just reach back around, like everything that I've done or whatever, like that I'm pursuing, even though I fail, even if I fail, I, it's still worth it for me. I don't know. That's the way I feel about that. Wait. Okay. Like, cause right. think about that. I mean, the second you know, question is like a lot tougher of a question. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, cause I can think of a hundred answers for the, of course, the, the first, first one's question. easy. Yeah. The first one's really easy. The second one is like, what's worth doing even, even if you knew you were going to fail, what's worth, fail. what's worth doing, like, even if you knew you were going to fail. And that, that has to be something that's just good for the universe. Like something like obviously charity work yeah. or like, you no, know, but even if it's something that you, you just, for me, it's, I, I always take it as like I believe out. in it so much. And it's something that like just this thing in my heart that I get, right. Right. Not to sound foo-foo-y that I just, I got it. I got to keep pursuing it. Even though like that North star, I got to keep pursuing it right. because even though I fail, even whatever, it's just, uh, and maybe I'll change in five years. It or brings you that. joy. It brings me joy. That, that can't be quantified. Yeah. Joy and pain. Like, uh, running a marathon, even if you get halfway through, you, you run half a marathon. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's like, it's still good for you. Like, it's going to benefit you in some way. Mm. So this is- Dieting. Oh, that, that's it's just tough. Like, really. Yeah, think about that. Definitely not being an accountant. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, <laughs> so that recently, after uh, I heard that, that's actually kept me like, Dude, this is this is something to really think about. And I ask certain people that question. And it's like it stumps a lot of people, especially people who don't have, like they don't they're not pursuing whatever it is that their dream or their whatever. Well, I feel it's like people are we're all doing that right now in some form or fashion. Yeah. Right? There's yeah. one thing in our life that we're doing that we're probably gonna fail at, but we're doing it, right? But then like quantifying that and putting a label on it, be mm-hmm. like. Am I doing this even though I know that I'm probably going to fail? But it's also like the, 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 whole, the whole thing about success, failure. It's like how people measure it is different. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like. Um, well, um, so just we're kind of doing this podcast. YouTube channel is kind of like success. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's a shot yeah. in the dark if we get like how many, you know. But we're having we're doing it with our friends. So it's, I think it's great. fun. Like, I think. Yeah, definitely. Sorry, this I, is. This sorry, is good. I, I kind of interrupted you. No, 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 no. That, that was actually like a really good, yeah. a really good uh, kind of segue. Um but yeah, I think this is fun, right? And it's valuable on its own merits, you know. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening and watching. Thank you, guys. Yeah, speak of the devil, this podcast is exactly that. <laughs> but yeah, let's let's actually move to our cool thing to share oh. with each other. Yeah, yeah, cool. Okay. Who, who wants to go first? You want, you want to go first? He's already yeah, digging yeah, yeah. for your phone. Uh, Downstairs, yeah, yeah. I, I wrote it down. I wrote Dan down. was like, I got a fucking. I haven't installed this yet, so I got mine right now. I can go. Uh, let's go, Eric. Right, go, go first. Go e. So I think the, the, the coolest thing that I've, that I've figured out is like, I've never really like thought about what I've been eating and everything every day, right? So I download this new app oh. called My Fitness Pal. Mm. Right? And it's like through Under Armour, it's free, but you can log your... I thought I was your fitness pal. Every, <laughs> everything goes on the day. And you can scan food. It's really simple and it'll count your calories for you. You can log in your exercise and everything. So you can kind of keep track on like what you're doing, your daily activity. Because like... You know, when you get older, like, you know, when we were, like, playing, we worked out every day. It was not, mm-hmm. that, was the, that was the basis, right? But if you don't work out every day, there's other ways that you can maintain and, like, you know. Did anything surprise you? Like, it surprised me, honestly, how many calories were in food. I had no idea. Like, now, like, looking at stuff, I'm like, wow, okay, like, if I have that chocolate bar, there's, like, a thousand calories mm-hmm. in it. And then it's like, oh, if I go and run on a treadmill for an hour, I'm only burning 200. <laughs> so it's like, wait, so hold on, I got to run for fucking five hours to burn off a chocolate bar? I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But it never made sense to me before because I never thought about it. Mm. But, yeah, it's kind of cool because, like, basically, like, 
a lot of, if it comes down to discipline right if you don't even have the discipline to write down what you're eating in the day like how are you gonna lose weight mm-hmm. or like if you don't have the discipline to go to the gym how are you gonna like yeah you know, or, or all, even if you don't keep track of your finances how are you gonna do it if you don't anything. keep track yeah. of whatever mm-hmm. if you it's don't measure it yeah if you, you don't measure it finance you, app, right? yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, i think all that stuff it's it's, it's kind of thing to like help you with discipline yeah john does yeah i talked about that oh yeah yeah that's right that's right anyone else okay that's great i got something that's gonna um, rock our perhaps, world. Perhaps rock your world. Oh yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you read my mind. The yeah, man. Fire, <laughs> Mr. Sandrin. Um, and for any of you out there that has a sub 2010, 2012 automobile that Ooh. doesn't have Bluetooth, yes. but you really want to have all the features, so like Talk linking your me. phone with CarPlay and stuff. Talk I want to, to show Dan so you can get his. And please send this would, to me. Would this be your dash on your Audi Q7? Would that be your dash? That looks exactly like my, my car. Dash. And so this right here is basically a widescreen. You replace whatever module you have in there uh-huh. with a fully touchscreen, wide, super 1080 screen. Mm. And it's like an all-in-one all kind in of... All-in-one, dude. And I just connect it to my it. phone. We can install it. You just pull your stuff out, plug it in, you're done. That's we need to do ass. this. We like actually need to do this. Yeah. Android makes it. It's an Android platform. They got like 10, yeah. 12 inch wide screens. That's cool, yeah. man. And here's the thing you can buy it or go to a dealer, but if you buy an Alibaba Express, Ooh. you can save like 50, 60%. Mm. AliExpress. Look at that. Look at that. Okay, okay, okay. Jack Ma. All right. If you're going to you buy it from China, buy, buy direct. So mine's like super simple. It's just a Google Chrome add on. But I think this might be groundbreaking because. Lately, I've been watching a lot of YouTube. Like it, it's just like you can't avoid it, and I fucking get so annoyed with the Thanks, ads. Bobby. And and the ads are getting more smart. Like you can't skip all the ads now. Some of them you have to actually watch the full thirty seconds. So I was gonna just pony up and pay the ten dollars a month and get the YouTube Premium. But then my buddy put me on to the ad blocker, and it's free. And um, it's uBlock Origin. It's just an extension Ooh, you put in your great. in your browser, and then you never have to watch those annoying ads again. So you're Even basically you're watching YouTube while you're watching YouTube. You oh. just put it. You watch YouTube through your browser. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think oh. they have one that you can actually it like a VPN. It controls your old phone. Can we make this into a commercial? Like, like, or please, uh, uBlock Origin. If you guys listen to uBlock Origin, um, but I think that that's really cool <laughs> because yeah. think about how much time you spend. Uh, like cumulatively in, in your year, watching these five second ads. Oh, dude! It probably yeah, adds up to yeah. like a just year ads of your life. YouTube annoy you? Do you sit back and watch ads that just piss you the fuck off? Well, try the ad blocker. From... Ding, ding 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 ding. Well, that's cool. A free thing that you don't. You have know to what's the worst? Thing. I listen to shit. I, li- I watch. I listen to YouTube while I'm uh, in the shower. Mm-hmm. Right. So then when an ad comes on, I can't fucking change it. That uh, would piss. So I hear the entire three minutes of a commercial and I'm like, oh. But I'm telling you, John, some of, them, some of them don't have the skip option. A lot of them, it's like uh, five seconds and you can skip. Some of them nowadays, you got to listen to the full 30 yeah, seconds. 15 seconds uh, or whatever. So the, the now they double dip you with the next commercial after that. Yeah, it's like two, sometimes two, three firebomb commercials. Boom, boom, boom. All right, so mine. Are you, oh, are you done? That's it. That's, it. That, that's, a, that's a really cool mm. thing. Mine is... Uh, it's called, it's a podcast. It's called the Chameleon Podcast, Ooh. right? It was, it's, so it's about, it was a 10 episode show. It's about some dude from, uh, some Indian dude that was from Indonesia, Indian guy mm-hmm. who's from Indonesia that ended up scamming a bunch of, not high level, but mid-level actors, stuntmen, people that work in the film industry, like hundreds, even thousands of them. 
to fly, use their own money to fly to Indonesia, just use, spend a little money or whatever, just little things. He'd lie. Actually, it was a dude, but dude sounded like a girl. And he could uh, change his voice to sound like all sorts of people. Wow. So voice fishing. Lie. Yeah, dude, it, it's just crazy, all the web of bullshit that one person... Whoa. He's the one who's doing the... He's hosting the podcast? No, 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 no. Oh. So the podcast kind of him. was trying to find who this person was. So interviewing people that... Victims. Mm. And then eventually that led to people who were investigating. Because this person acted like... Uh, this chameleon acted like um, he was... Uh, different powerful women in Hollywood, right? Like, um, I forgot, Zack Snyder's wife, he acted like he was, I forgot her name, Julie Snyder or something. He acted like he was that girl. He acted like he was all sorts of different people saying, hey, I have a movie. It's some Kung Fu masters shooting in Indonesia. I want you to scout whatever. And then so they'd fly over, talk on the phone. Some driver would drive them around. But it's it's all the web of deceit and bullshit. But how did he scam it? How did he get money? So he gets them to fly to Indonesia. So that's the funny part. It's not like, he was making he's a just fucking with them yeah he's kind of fucking with people and anyway just just listen to it chameleon podcast it's actually pretty interesting make a yeah. movie on that yeah yeah I'm, I'm i'm sure people are flocking to yeah bobby what's your i wonder if anyone's bought the movie rights i'm, I'm sure they are I, I guarantee they are yeah uh, i finally i finally uh sat down and watched and binge watched uh was it the Queen's Gambit? Gambit? Yeah. Nice. I liked it. I finished it too. I don't know why. I just like had a, just a, like a second where like, usually I don't get into new shows. Cause it's I just good. Don't have time. It's delicious. But I figured, I looked at it and it was like, oh, it's only like seven episodes. Seven episodes. Or something. Mm. It's like, yeah, maybe I'll just watch one episode. And then I'm just watching the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And get any sleep. But, uh, yeah, I remember I used to actually love chess in, in high school. And so I know the show has nothing to do with chess, actually. They don't, you don't learn anything. No. Like, you don't. Like, that, that, like, kind of like nostalgia of like, mm-hmm. why I even loved chess when I was younger. Let's mm-hmm. play. Yeah. I, I play chess like nonstop now since, since watching that. Oh, really? oh, yeah. I'm on chess.com all the time. Let's play. <laughs> I'm um, down to play. I, I need a chess I'm partner. Gonna, we, we can all get accounts and we can play each other. Uh-huh. Okay. That's I'll great. Sign up. That's awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. fun. Ah, well, that's it Whoa. for today on uh, the Second yeah. Man Podcast with Dave, Eric, Dan, John, and yeah. the sexy Just Bobby Choi. All right, say, sexy yeah. Bobby Choi. Yeah. We know he's talented. We know he's sexy. Sexy Bobby Choi. Yeah. All right, guys. Goodbye. See you next week. Later. Peace.